Welcome to you, wherever you're at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. Well, we have been in a series called At the Movies, and uh, this morning we come to the final episode, the final installment of this series, and uh, we're going to uh, look at a movie that might surprise you a bit. Uh, you ready for this? Uh, the movie is Cars 3. Now, uh, don't change that channel. Don't close your web browser. Uh, we're just going to pretty much use the main storyline of this movie as our point of departure. And uh, if you haven't seen the movie with your kids or your grandchildren, uh, the general idea is that the lead character in the story, a guy named Lightning McQueen, he's used to winning. Uh, but in one fateful race, uh, he's cruising to yet another win. And all of a sudden, uh, one of the young guys uh, blows by him, wins the race. And as uh, Lightning's trying to figure out uh, what went wrong, he's watching uh, the video replay of the race. Uh, he realizes that this young buck uh, had skills and abilities that he didn't possess. Well, the next race happens, and this time several of the younger guys with the greater skills and the greater abilities blow by lightning and uh, he's forced to conclude that he just doesn't have what it takes anymore and he has this prevailing sense of inadequacy and uh, you know it's really a story about overcoming a restricting and a sometimes debilitating sense of being inadequate and uh, i would ask you a question at this point have you ever felt inadequate? Anyone out there besides me ever wrestle with feelings, or struggles of feeling good enough about yourself or like you bring the talents and the abilities uh, to your setting? You know, I think uh, most of us uh, have experienced uh, being and feeling inadequate. It's a common a trait to humanity. I remember one occasion uh, I was taking a break from uh, a season of ministry and i went into uh, work with a friend of mine who owned a market research company i ended up uh, developing my own data collection business working in partnership with this friend well uh, someone who uh, oversaw a business program at a local university uh, asked me if i would come and teach a business class on market research and uh, i didn't read the fine print about what that would entail uh, you know, I'd done a little work with uh, brand development and customer loyalty, uh, but uh, there was a section of the class where I was supposed to teach statistical analysis. And I got to tell you, uh, high-level math is not my forte. In fact, low-level math is not my forte. Uh, but I found a way to skate through that section of the curriculum, at least I thought I had found a way, uh, after one class, uh, one of our more astute students uh, came up to me, and uh, she said to me, kind of half smiling, uh, you don't really know this stuff, do you? <laughs> I, I said to her, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> I, I had decided to fake it until I made it, and uh, the truth was uh, I never really did uh, understand that stuff. Uh, and, you know, there are some times uh, when our feelings of inadequacy are appropriate, uh, but uh, sometimes uh, our inadequacies, inadequacies uh, can become prevailing. In fact, it's often referred to uh, as an inferiority complex, uh, feelings of being less than or inferior to others that often cause us to shut down 
or pull back. And that's, a, that's not a good thing when we feel so less than and so inadequate that it causes us to pull back. Well, uh, here's a question to begin to get our heads around the subject. Where does inadequacy show up for you? Uh, well, the truth is uh, there are really a number of major realms in life where our inadequacies show up. One of them, uh, as I mentioned, is feeling inadequate at work. Uh, like we, we just don't have everything it takes to excel at what our duties are. Uh, but another uh, area where uh, feelings of not being good enough show up is in our relationships. You know, uh, husbands often feel inadequate to meet the needs of their wives. Parents uh, many times feel inadequate uh, to uh, raise their teenagers. Uh, and then uh, really probably the most prominent realm in which inadequacy shows up is in our own heads. Uh, feelings, feelings of inadequacy can infiltrate our thoughts where all we think and feel about ourselves is that we're not quite good enough. We don't quite have what it takes uh, to do what we're called to do. You know, uh, many people, uh, well, first this slide, uh, how does inadequacy show up in our work, in our relationships, uh, and in our heads? Uh, well, we feel unable to deal with difficult situations, unable to live up to our own standards, a sense of uncertainty, sense of powerlessness to change the things that uh, are in our way, uh, insecurity, negativity, a feeling of unhappiness, uh, and feeling inadequate and carrying that sense every day can make us angry and hostile people. And uh, we tend to become unmotivated and even uh, resolve that we're incompetent. You know, uh, what's surprising is that uh, a lot of celebrities, uh, excellent, uh, accomplished athletes, uh, divulge that they wrestle with feelings of not being good enough and not having what it takes of feeling inadequate. I read that Tom Hanks, you know, uh, probably one of the greatest actors of my time, uh, all kinds of awards and accomplishments, he once divulged uh, well into his career that he said, no matter what I've done, there comes a point where I think, how did I get here? Uh, when are they going to discover that I am, in fact, a fraud and take away all the accolades from me? You know, some people have referred to this as the imposter syndrome uh, that, uh, again, many people wrestle with is this sense that I've, uh, I've advanced beyond my true talent and abilities. You know, the Bible is filled, as we mentioned last week, with characters that had to deal with their own sense of not being good enough, not having what it would take. Uh, probably the greatest of these is a guy named Moses. And uh, if you recall, when Moses was called and commissioned by God to go and liberate the Hebrews from their enslavement in Egypt, uh, he was reluctant, to put it in a word, he didn't feel adequate to do what God was asking him to do. In fact, he asked God directly, who am I that I should go? And God said, well, I will be with you. That'll make you enough. And then Moses replied, well, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? And God demonstrated the miracles that he would do to make sure that he was listened to. 
And finally, Moses says, look, I've never been good at talking. I'm not eloquent. I'm slow of speech. Well, God says, well, who gave man the ability to talk? I did, and I will be with you, and I will make you adequate. To which Moses ended up saying, God, please send someone else. You know, the, the point of that story is Moses simply could not envision himself living beyond his inadequacies. He couldn't see it. He couldn't imagine a, a life where he wasn't hemmed in and held back by his own inadequacies. You know, I'm pretty sure that God doesn't want anyone to live with an enduring sense of being not good enough, of being inadequate or incapable. Listen to some of these truths proclaimed in his word. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's not a declaration of inadequacy. Uh, Paul also wrote in Romans 8, if God is for us, who can possibly be against us that could matter in any way, shape, or form? I love uh, the heart of young King David. He expresses in Psalm 18, this is kind of a mashup of his declaration of complete adequacy. He says, God, with your help, I can advance against a troop. I can take on a whole army. With my God, I can climb a wall. Uh, it is God who arms me with strength, and he keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. I, I tell you, folks, those are not declarations of being inadequate. Those are declarations of being capable and up to the task. Well, uh, here's a, a good question to ask at this point. What do we do if we struggle with chronic inadequacy? Uh, how do we cope? How do we get past uh, what uh, has always been maybe a, a way of uh, looking at ourselves and our world? Well, well here's the truth. I want to anchor into your thoughts. Uh, feeling inadequate is one way of seeing yourself, but it's not the only way. Uh, if you hear anything today, would you hear that? Uh, feeling inadequate is a way of seeing yourself, but it is not the only way. Uh, maybe you're thinking at this point, well, compared to others, I am inadequate. I do come up short. I'm like you teaching that market research statistics class. I didn't know the stuff, but the fact is, uh, we may be in situations where we feel inadequate, but God never intended us to live with a prevailing sense of not being enough. Uh, love this one episode in the life of Jesus. Uh, this rich young ruler uh, comes to Christ, and he says, uh, Master, uh, good teacher, what do I have to do to be uh, inherit eternal life? You could translate that. Uh, what do I have to do to become adequate in the eyes of God? And uh, I love Jesus' response uh, to this question. Uh, how do I not be a loser in God's eyes? Uh, Jesus challenges him on his view. He says, why do you call me good? There's no one good but God alone. And uh, I got a feeling that what Jesus is beginning to impact this young man with is uh, why do you compare yourself with people? 
Why do you uh, put some people up here and others down there? Jesus was leveling the playing field. He was saying, look, when it comes to being adequate before God, no one fits the bill. No one is qualified. Uh, so why do you judge yourself based on what you think others uh, are or what they accomplish or what their expectations of you are? You know, uh, this was a... This was a big deal to the Apostle Paul uh, as he looked upon uh, Christ followers measuring themselves by other people and by their expectations of them. Uh, here's what he wrote, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, look, we do not compare ourselves with others who think they are good, who think they've got it all together. Uh, in fact, they compare themselves with themselves. What's he saying? They measure their adequacy according to the expectations of others. Uh, and Paul says this, they decide what they think is good or bad, and they compare themselves with their ideas. In the end, they're foolish. Uh, what's Paul saying? Uh, feeling inadequate is a way of seeing ourselves, and it doesn't help to compare and measure ourselves with others. You know, uh, faith is what's... Uh, called seeing life from God's perspective. Uh, hear that again. Faith is seeing life, which includes ourselves, from God's perspective. And uh, so much of how we see the world and how we see ourselves depends on our faith, our belief that God is good. And uh, if we believe that God is good, and as uh, the writer of Hebrews uh, points out, if we believe that God is good and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, uh, we get in a place where we begin to see life from God's perspective. Uh, do we see obstacles or do we see opportunities? Do we see pitfalls or do we see potential? Do we see our pain and our setbacks and our inadequacies? Or do we see God's ability to work in us and to work through us? So much of how we see things depends on how our minds uh, have been shaped. Uh, I love this uh, thought about how we think. Uh, here it is. The more you think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought. Uh, hear that again. The more that you dwell on a thought, uh, that it runs through your cranium and you ponder it, the easier it is to think that thought again and again and again, and this becomes what uh, sociologists and psychologists and people who study how our brain functions becomes a neural pathway, begins as a rabbit trail, then it becomes a walking trail, then it becomes a road and a highway. Before we know it, it's habitual. We're caught in the way we think our thoughts, and so often those are thoughts of inadequacy, not capable, I'm not good enough, and uh, those self-perceptions those perceptions of our world squeeze out faith and squeeze out the presence of God in our lives. Uh, you know, I'm often drawn uh, to this passage in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. If you're familiar with it, um, Moses had sent 12 spies into the promised land to check it out, see what was in store for their future. And as they came back out of that experience of scoping out the land, uh, only two of them uh, had a positive assessment of what they saw. Uh, the other 10, uh, they saw the same good things. 
but they also saw their own personal inadequacy. Uh, here's what the Bible writes about them when they came back uh, to the tribes that were camped on the outskirts of the promised land. It says they spread among the Israelites an evil or a bad report about the land they had explored. What's going on here? They saw the same milk and honey in great abundance of, of produce that the other two did, but they spread a bad report about the land. This is what they said. The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, who came from Nephilim, and we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. Uh, now, uh, it's hard to imagine seeing yourself as a grasshopper is a good thing, and uh, thinking that that's the way that others saw them as well. And, and it's really a, a portrayal of what it is to carry this sense of inadequacy into every opportunity even into the promises that God has in store for us. It's easy uh, to disqualify ourselves. Uh, when we think a thought, it's easier to think that thought. And if we've concluded that we're inadequate, we tend to carry that into every realm in life. Well, uh, I want to end uh, this message uh, by looking at the Apostle Paul. You know, uh, uh, Paul, I believe when you read his writings, it really wrestled with this sense of being adequate before God in his own eyes. In fact, before Christ got a hold of him, uh, he hated Christ's followers. He expressed his anger and hostility. Uh, he murdered people. He tracked them down. Uh, you don't do stuff like that unless you carry this sense of unworthiness. And uh, Paul says when he became a follower of Christ, uh, he was the least of all the apostles. He refers to himself as one who was untimely born. And yet uh, somewhere, uh, Paul was the very same person who wrote those words, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if God is for us, who can be against us? So somewhere, uh, Paul supplanted, replaced, uh, changed that self-perception of being inadequate before God and in his own eyes, what happened? Well, he tells us what happened in uh, one of his writings in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Uh, here is what Paul says. Uh, he said, I was given a thorn, you might say an inadequacy in my flesh. I had a weakness. I had something in my lacking and uh, he said it was a messenger of Satan to torment me. It, it pulled me down, held me back, hemmed me in. And three times I pleaded with God, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But here's what God said to me. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. Now, something profound happened for Paul when he heard this from God, that my power, my strength, my goodness, my ability is made perfect in your lack of ability. Here's what he said. He said, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. I'll celebrate my inadequacies so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, he says, I delight 
in my weaknesses, in the insults I experience, uh, in the hardships, in the persecutions, in the difficulties for when I'm weak, I am strong. Uh, see, here's the truth. Uh, Paul learned to see his deficiencies in a positive way. He learned to see that every uh, negative self-evaluation he could possibly come up with could actually be a catalyst into experience the presence and the reality of Christ's strength in him. And here's the hope of this message. You can too. If you live with an ongoing sense of not quite measuring up, not being worthy, maybe it's in work, maybe it's in your relationships, maybe it's in your own head where you constantly struggle with not being good enough, capable enough, skilled enough, adequate enough, you can turn those into open doors of experiencing the power and the strength and the goodness of Christ. Uh, every thought it can be a, a jump start to leaning in uh, to the power of God. Uh, I, we'll end with this. I found this great quote. It's called The Opposite of Inadequacy. And I believe this is God's heart for every person he ever created in his image. Uh, here it is. When we feel adequate, we feel like we have worth or we have value. God desperately wants that for you we're probably less likely to seek out validation from others because we already know we're okay the way we are. Uh, this echoes uh, Paul's statement, if God is for us, who can possibly be against us? We also tend to have positive views about ourselves, and we feel good about who we are most of the time, unless we're teaching a market research class. As a result of these positive self-views, we're more likely to be happier, to be successful, and to have more positive relationships. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, thank you so much for the great love that you have for people. And uh, we would just thank you today for the gift of inadequacy, for those times when we don't measure up, when we don't feel like we're enough, and maybe it's just a chronic sense of we're not worthy, there's something wrong, there's something not quite good enough about ourselves. Thank you for the testimony of your servant, Paul, that all of those feelings of not being enough can, can push us into your wonderful presence, can jumpstart uh, our experience of the grace of God, of the goodness of God showered upon us, poured out in us. And uh, Lord, I pray right now for those who, who live with feelings not being good enough, not being capable enough. Uh, I would proclaim uh, to those, we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And these uh, thoughts we have that plague us, that torment us, of not being good enough. Uh, Paul also writes about thoughts that lift themselves up against the knowledge of God. We carry those in our own minds, and uh, I thank you that we have, as Paul says, divine weapons for the demolishing of those strongholds. And I pray that right now, by your Holy Spirit, God, anyone uh, who, who lives with this uh, weighty sense of not being worthy, being inadequate, that your Spirit would obliterate uh, those neuropathways, that you would plant new thoughts, uh, confident thoughts, like David, who said, God strengthens me for the battle, 
puts my feet on high places, enables me to run through a troop and leap over a wall. Uh, thank you, Lord, for the strength that you infuse within us as we openly admit our weakness to you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.